Discussing Shrinking and Killers of the Flower Moon with Charlotte Henry. This is TV Plus Talk. Well, hello and welcome. We've made it to episode three of TV Plus Talk. I'm Charlotte Henry and I'm joined across the Atlantic by Chuck Joyner. Hello. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now, let's. There's a few different things to unpick this 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 month, which is always nice. So far, we haven't come up short with things to talk about. Uh, I don't quite know where to start, but I think we should begin with finishing up a conversation from last time around, which was shrinking. Now, we both have, I had watched it, I finished it, I loved it. You got. You can go back to the last episode if you want to hear all the different reasons I love it. You had started it and were unsure. I think you liked bits of it. You weren't as emphatic as I was, were you? So having finished it, where are you at? Um, I'm still sort of mixed. I, I Along the way, I liked it. Then I was kind of... I, not put off by it, but just, it just wasn't doing anything for me. And in the, in the end, I'll give it a thumbs up. Um, I, okay. I think we had talked before about how Brett Goldstein had talked about it being a sort of a combination of a light, a, a very light, bright concept and your a very, new best friend, Brett Goldstein. You my, mean. my new, yeah, my new best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but you know, and, and a combination of that and a dark concept. And so I was anxious to see how it played out. I, I didn't feel like maybe the dark concept got as far as I had sort of expected. Um, it, o- overall, the feeling gave me uh, the impression a little more of the first season of Ted Lasso in the, from the standpoint of the, um, oh, I, I don't want to say silliness. But it's actually but, funny? Well, not, not just the funny part, but just the, you know, the, the, the quick one liners, you know, just one after yeah. another, one after another, one after another. And so that was great. I mean, Harrison Ford was spectacular. Yes. No, no question about it. Let's um, talk about how good Harrison Ford is in that show. I, much to my surprise. Um, and not, not, that's not a comment on commentary on Harrison. It was a commentary on more the, what, what I thought the character was going to be. Um, but I like the fact that it, it got away. As I moved on from, and by the way, you know, if, if we're doing spoilers here, I'll stop or I'll, I'll be. I think just, it's been out long enough. I think, I, I think people have had a chance to watch it. I think we can do spoilers this yeah, time around. Yeah. And, and I don't want, I'm not going to do complete spoilers, but it's just, I felt like his character really evolved more than just about anybody, um, mm. from the, from the writing standpoint. So. I, I, you know, again, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure it's one of those that I will ever want to go back and necessarily do a rewatch on. Um, but you know, that's, that's always sort of my gauge is like, you know, it, did, did I get enough out of it, enough enjoyment to want to rewatch it? And I think the answer is probably not. You know, there's certain episodes that definitely I would, but overall, uh, it, you know, I, I would still I'd tell anyone to go watch it. I think it's, it's enter- great entertainment. I think the actual question is not whether you would rewatch it, but whether we, you would watch season two. Uh, that's a good question. I think I think I would. Uh, I would at least definitely start because they. I, I definitely would. I really loved it. Yeah, the, I mean the way they ended it, and that I'm not going to give away. Um, the way they ended it was right. a real. I mean, if if there is a season two, it makes perfect sense to have a season two. If not. This would be an okay end for a season one. 
yeah, I, I don't disagree. That kind of twist at the end, you can kind of write it off or it could be the jump off point for season two. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that to me was very artfully done. I thought that was fantastic yeah. that it wasn't an absolute unconditional cliffhanger that, okay, now <laughs> if, if we, yeah, sorry about that. Um, sorry, if we, you watch it, you'll know why I'm laughing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, it felt like it sort of theoretically ended one of the storylines, but it also could be the opening for a continuation of that storyline. So I, I loved how some of the relationships developed between all the different characters during the course of the show. I love how the characters developed. And the bottom line is, I just found it funny. There was lots of bits where I properly laughed out loud. And you know what? For a 30-minute comedy, that's the main criteria, isn't it? Are you making people laugh? And there was a lot of it. There were not many, if any, episodes where I didn't find something funny in some of it, even amongst the more the dark bits. Yeah, I would agree with that, Charlotte, but I guess that, that sort of, we can kick this over into, com I mean, there's an inevitable comparison between this and Ted Lasso. So. Yeah, but it's basically the same people that created them. Yeah, exactly. But, and, and that's, and that's, I guess, where I've, I'm drawing the comparison to season one, that mm -hmm. this, this was mostly comedy with a little substance rolled in. Um, which is kind of the way I sort of took the first season of Ted Lasso. Now Ted Lasso seems to be getting a little more deep, if you will. Um, That's and, one way of putting it. Yeah, and I know you're you're not necessarily a fan of the current season. I kind of like I'm the current season. Disappointed. Yeah, we'll come back to that when it finishes. By the probably next show, we'll have we'll have had all the episodes of that, so we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no shrinking. I really recommend. And I think you probably would recommend people to give it a go as well, wouldn't you? If you haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I would give it a, a very strong B to B plus um, on an on yeah. an a, a to D scale um, or an A to F okay. scale, whatever. I yeah, might be a little bit more generous, but yeah, I agree. I thought it's got Jay, just to remind people, Jason Segal is in there. So we've said Harrison Ford is in there. Um, the actress whose name, as we're doing this, escapes me. But it, I spent maybe the first four or five episodes trying to work out who she was, but it's Jordan from Scrubs. Um, it's the um, and like. When you look, if you look at the cast, there's lots of connections to Scrubs and other Bill Lawrence shows. So if you like, if you've liked Bill Lawrence shows, you will probably like this. I would say. Yeah, I think you're going to have a hard time not liking it. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much you like it. Well, we've got another big thing, which is finally, 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 Killers of the Flower Moon, the much discussed Martin Scorsese. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio film. It's finally blooming premiered at Cannes. Now, shockingly, neither Chuck or I were invited to the Cannes Film Festival. I one can only assume like our email invites got lost in the spam file. You know, do you know what I mean? We can't have been overlooked, given how glamorous we are for such an event. But they weren't, so we haven't seen the film. However, we've had a chance to look at the trailer. And there's been lots and lots of reviews. The reason why I'm slightly cynical about it is we basically heard about this a bazillion years ago when they first launched Apple TV+. And it's been a bit of a ongoing saga, this film. I, I would not like to be receiving the bill for it. With, you know, I think it's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, uh, Martin Scorsese is directing it. It's about five days long, this film. So... 
it's a it's a big big deal and the reviews interestingly have kind of been mixed i'll give you a few different headlines so the hollywood reporter uh, killers of the flower moon review leonardo dicaprio nilly goldstein the martin scorsese's searing crew crime epic the la times scorsese's killer of the flower moon grips disturbs and disappoints but over on the independent killers of the flower moon review martin scorsese's tale of indigenous slaughter is a masterpiece five stars so <laughs> I don't know what that tells us, apart from that this is a a slightly polarising and attention-grabbing film. Um, is this something you're going to be settling down to? I, I will probably watch it almost out of a sense of obligation, uh, The <laughs> uh, j- just because we do this show, but also because it's received so much hype. Um, it's not going to it be really one has, of those. It really has, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not going to be one of those that, oh, I just can't wait for it to, you know, to, to premiere or – become accessible to me um i definitely frankly this is not one that would appeal to me enough to go to see in a theater uh regardless of whether it's going to agree with you you know um but again also given how long it is you need a chance to go and get another cup of tea and go to the loo or something given the length of it well that part doesn't bother me as much i mean there's some stories that i i think get shortchanged by you know some of the artificial limitations so i i don't have a problem oh, with it you're much more patient than i am any well, film any film over 120 minutes is already in my bad books well again you know i i haven't seen the movie so i can't say whether sure. it's justified or not um you know editing is always a good thing but i also think that <laughs> at times Based on some of the director's cuts I've seen and all, you know, after the fact, some good things, some important things end up on the, on the cutting room floor. And that's mm. always kind of disappointing because the movie ends up, maybe there are some key points that aren't quite explained out as much as they could be. So, um, but, but I, you know, I'm quick to say from a, from an, an, a look standpoint, this, the film looks fantastic, um, for, based on the trailer. It's mm. it's just not the kind of story that would necessarily <laughs> attract me. It probably should look fantastic given the amount they've spent on it. Well, yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, obviously, it's set in Oklahoma and the kind of horrific uh, events against the indigenous community there. And I think it's, it's a very dark, I imagine quite gory graphic film, you know, showing some of the horrors that were carried out there. Um, and it's going to be available. Uh, so it'll be since the next cinema's on October the 6th. And then from later that month, it's going to be generally available in movie theaters and then going to appear on Apple TV plus as well, which leads us to quite an interesting question, which we've had to discuss in the context of other services, but not really TV plus, which is this idea of it's an Apple movie but it's going into theatres and then TV+. Plus. This balance between your streaming service and cinemas is quite an interesting one, I think. I don't quite know how Apple is going to balance this. I guess with something like this, when you spent as much on it as they have, you have to get it in as many places as possible. Um, if I take your comment literally then that would mean that they would be farming it out to other streaming services. And I don't think they'll do that. Mm, No, they certainly won't do that. Yeah. So I think that this. Well, what I mean really is you have to maximize the profit within the obvious limitation that you're not handing it. You're not sending it to your rivals. 
Right. Right. And I think, I mean, this is something that you and I have touched on this show as we started it and also in some previous discussions that Apple, Apple decided not to have any back catalog or, you know, or nothing significant. Let's put it that way. I think there is a little bit of back catalog with, um, with some of the peanut stuff and, and all that. But as far as the, the, uh, the, the main content, you know, they sort of started from scratch. And now they've built up and now they've got a nice little back catalog and it's growing. Mm-hmm. And so the fact but that th- this, yeah, this is quite a shift though to have, well, I, I guess Coda was in cinemas because they wanted it available for Oscars, which I mean, over COVID that was a bit, but you know, they wanted to get it out into the cinemas and whatever else. Um, if I remember rightly, but this is different. This feels a bit different to me. Um, you know, I, th- I mean, it may be another example of Apple experimenting and seeing what kind of response mm-hmm. they get. You know, that if you, if you want that big screen experience and all of that, then you can have it for a while. And then after that, you'll be able to watch it on your big screen at home or your little screen at home or whatever. So, and that'll be the only place you will be able to see it. Uh, eventually, yes. That will obviously be how it ends. Yeah. As I say, it is a, I'll be honest, it's, I might, as you say, I might watch it because we would inevitably talk about it on the show. I mean, I'm a bit squeamish with these things. So the sort of horror of what I think the film depicts, you know, the sort of destruction and mysterious deaths of the Osage Nation down in Fairfax, Oklahoma, is is pretty, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a difficult, difficult, pretty dark watch. That doesn't mean one shouldn't put through the, you know, watch these things and learn about them. It's based on a non-fiction book, actually, uh, that was written by David Gran in 2017. So that's quite interesting. Um, it's a big, this is a big moment for Apple, I think. Obviously, they had the success of Coda, which was a huge moment. It was a huge win. You know, they won Best Picture at the Oscars. It's a big deal. But that was obviously bought in from somewhere else. It was built, bought in from Sundance. This is a horse they've really backed. And it, it feels it feels like a really big statement from Apple, this. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to, they're doing, not everything is necessarily an Apple production top to bottom. They're going out and they're buying films. Uh, and that's true of all you know. streaming services. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm thinking back to Greyhound. You know, Greyhound mm-hmm. was, was, Tom Hanks really wanted that in the theaters, but. Well, Greyhound was a slightly different issue because basically that was a COVID. We can't put it in a cinema. Right. And Tom Hanks got in trouble actually because he was a bit rude about it being only on TV plus and then had to slightly in a follow up interview butter up Apple because he'd have slightly offended everyone. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of Tom Hanks. And so it always surprised me sure. a little bit, but you know, that, I mean, you know, we, those of us that have lived through it, and that's most of the audience know that all the rules were sort of thrown out the window and there was a lot of frustration from every corner about everything, you know, work, yeah. uh, cinema, TVs, TV, um, you know, you name it, there was, there was stress over it. So I, I, I think he can be forgiven for that and, and happily the film got to be seen and it was, yeah, a, it and was that a, was a good film. His point. Yeah, and it was that a good was film. Ultimately, his point yeah. that he was just relieved that people saw it is. I'm really fascinated by this. I think I'm fascinated by it because it's been such a build up to it. And so, 
uh, it feels out of a lot of things the biggest bet Apple has taken for most of TV Plus. You know, they had the big opening shows. Um, they, had, you know, the newsroom season one did okay. Obviously, there was the completely freak not planned success of Ted Lasso. They didn't think for one minute it was going to be as big as it was. There was, you know, some of the big shows that they thought they were going to win on maybe haven't had the been the hits they thought uh, some things have been, you know, some things they didn't think were going to be hits have been. The movies, I think, have generally been well received. You and I discussed how we enjoyed Tetris last last time around. So... I think that, you know, they've done well. It also gets me wondering, actually, I don't know what you think of this. Do you think people subscribe to streaming services in general, not just TV Plus, for the movies or the TV series? Wow, that's an interesting question. I know. It's just occurred to me as we're discussing this. Is like having this this film or a couple of the other films we've mentioned available on your service, the type of thing that makes people go, I'm going to sign up to this? Or is it the big hit TV series? Um, I, you know, I think it's almost, it almost depends on what you want to watch and, and which, what the subject matter is. I don't think that I, hmm. cause I personally don't think of it as TV series or movies. I think of it as, is it a movie I want to see or movies I want to see? Are they TV series I want to see? Apple seems to have oh, been. I think you're trying, you're trying to get out of it. So here's my theory. <laughs> I think. I think it's TV series that keep you there for a number of weeks. Something like what a movie or even a couple of movies on a service that you really think is good. You want to watch Killers of the Flower Moon one week, quite fancy seeing Tetris, and you haven't had a chance to watch Greyhound yet. You might subscribe for a month, clear those out, and give up with the service. Whereas I think with TV series, that's what keeps you coming back. That's a that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. Theory. That's what I'm going on. I'll, I bet we never get any data, but I'd love to know if the release of this film in October does produce a bump, a spike in subscriptions. Or are, are movies something that have to be included in a streaming service, even though that you you you, you come for the TV shows? Do you stay for the movies? Yeah, maybe. I'm, I've just had another thought. This is dangerous. This is getting dangerous now. But the other thought is, if this comes out, say, end of October on TV+, Plus, maybe beginning of November, we don't know exactly when, it's going to be a lot of people with new iPhones and presumably at least one month free TV+, Plus when they turn on those new iPhones, which is quite a nice way to, you know, cash in that free month, watch this, pick up another couple of things, and then move on. Kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, that is an interesting, interesting thought. I, I, I mean, yeah, we'll have to say. Well, and sure, I feel like, you know, inevitably we have to talk about price. That, you know, yep. Apple, yes, they, yes, they raised the price. Okay. But so did everybody else. So they are still one of the most affordable options out there. <laughs> and with each passing month, their, their catalog, back catalog or current catalog gets stronger. Mm. Oh, Apple and price is by a significant margin. Basically, the most or one of the most uh, competitive on price, you know, it's them, Disney Plus, that's a bit of a battleground. But lots of the others are much, you know, Netflix is about twice the price if you've got a proper Netflix subscription, not an ad tier one. So, yeah, price is a real thing that's in the pro column for TV Plus for sure. 
The other thing, though, I wonder is we're seeing we're seeing shows, TV shows, and movies leave the streaming services or juggle mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. and we have not seen that with Apple because Apple's stuff is exclusive to Apple TV Plus. And I feel like that's another example of Apple really playing the long game. And, you know, so I, if, if I want to go back and catch up, we now have, um, found the set, the second season of Foundation coming up. If I want to go back and catch up on the first season, I know right where to go and I know it's going to be yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could do a whole episode and we probably should at some point about the kind of content cull that's going on. I've written about it briefly on the blog, but like, it's a very big deal what's going on. And, you know, Disney, it was, it's not just Warner Brothers Discovery now, which we kind of expected, but, you know, Disney's even removing stuff. That's a very big deal. And again, you're absolutely right to put it in the context of our TV press discussion, because of course, there's absolutely no reason for TV plus to do that is their shows you know they don't they want as much on there as possible they don't want to at this certainly at this stage start culling stuff and start compressing the service and there's no reason to no because obviously a lot of why some of the other stuff is moved it's not being watched they've still got to play residuals on it they don't need it on the service whereas again it's not quite the situation for tv plus because it's all originals sure going back to killers of the flower moon for just a second Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I'm I'm pretty sure that I've got this right. I think Greyhound came out on Blu-ray, but I don't know about anything else. And I think they did release DVDs of it. Yes. Yes. Now so, you say it. Yes. So, but but again, that was a different situation, you know, and very unusual. So has has mm. anything? I mean, have, did Coda come out on Blu-ray? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think so. I would be surprised. I could do a quick Google, but I don't think so because it was bought in by Apple. It was a slightly different. I think the Greyhound thing was quite a different type of deal because it was a thing that a film. It's sort of, Apple doing them a favor is not quite the way to put it, but they sort of rescued it. So there was obviously other deals in place for for um, Greyhound that there wouldn't have been for like, for things like Coda. So I'd be surprised, but you know. <sighs> Equally, you could see Apple doing that at some point because why do they want to, again, they want to maximize what they get from this film. It'll be interesting to see that. Well, and I have to wonder, you know, what does what does maximization look like? Um, in fact, I'm just trying mm. to do a quick Google here. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing about Killers mm. of the Flower Moon, and I think this is, it's very typical of much of the strategy of TV+, Plus is it's high quality. You know, you commented on that when you noticed the trailer. And it's got some of the biggest names going in, in the mo- world of movies. As I said, Robert De Niro, uh, Lily Gladstone, Leonardo DiCaprio, Scorsese directing. There's very good supporting cast as well, uh, with people like Jesse, Jesse Plemons, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser. So, like, this is a serious, serious cast. And a very high caliber piece of movie that they're putting in front of people. So, in that way, it fits perfectly into the TV Plus ecosystem as well. I'm going to be fascinated. Yeah, it's th- okay. Here you go. Me complaining about how long it is, Chuck. It's three hours and twenty six minutes long. That's it's, a that's a long movie. It's it's a pretty big commitment. But anyway, I just looked up. Um, 
and I'm not seeing it here, but Ted Lasso, it doesn't look like it's out on DVD unless you go to eBay, and I have an idea. No, that's that one that, So, you know, I, I have to wonder if this is part of Apple's strategy, that whenever they have – whenever they can, they're going to limit their productions or the, the, the content they control to Apple TV Plus and not put it out there. Because once mm-hmm. some once somebody purchases it, then they can watch it all the times they want, as sure. you know, for as long as they want. And if you want to watch Ted Lasso or Mythic Quest or whatever over and over and over, you're going to need to stay subscribed to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, or you know, a movie like this where you you might need a couple of sessions to go for it or whatever. Uh, yeah, the rest of the cast uh, cast also includes Tanto Tanto Cardinal as well. So it's a pretty hefty cast. Um, well, that's again, as I say, coming out in October. So no doubt we'll get more reaction for that in a few shows' time. There's another one we want to talk about because we both started. We can't finish it because there's still episodes on the way. Uh, Silo on TV Plus. So I've watched the first episode. You've watched three, have you? I've watched the first three. Yes. So I'm going to start because I thought I was really, really not going to like this. I couldn't really, but I wasn't motivated to watch it. It's just not my thing. And about 35, 40 minutes in, I sort of thought I'd had that confirmed. And then it sort of started getting going. Again, I, I won't do a spoiler, but, you know, it's not, you'll get, you've, the, the way it ends, that first episode, and the way it builds that first episode, I now actually care about what happens next, and I didn't think I would at all. I've started other things, um, Foundation and a couple of other the sci-fi things on TV+, and just sort of abandoned them. Just not my thing, not that bothered. There was something more human about this that made me end up caring and wanting to sort of see it through and find out what happens to some of the characters. Your comment about more human is really interesting to me. Um now, I'd, I'd read Foundation as, as a kid and I've sure. reread it, you know, throughout my life occasionally. But I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, this was very approachable. I, I, frankly, I wasn't quite sure about the, uh, the premise to start with. But Me once, too. once I got into it and I, I will say this, um, I give it three episodes. Before you decide yeah, one way or another, yeah, I could another. definitely see that. You know, but but I think I think it will by that time it will have you hooked. Uh, it 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 hooked me very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I had no trouble moving to episode two and then to episode three, and now I'm anxious to see how it concludes. So I'm I'm with you. I think this is one of those that it got some publicity, maybe not as much as it could have, and I think it deserves more because it's just a really really enjoyable show that makes you look for the next episode. Yeah, I don't know if it's enjoyable is how I would describe it. I mean, I made a quite big mistake of watching episode one whilst eating breakfast. And uh, I probably should not have done that for a couple of the scenes. Um, but it's it's definitely hooked me in. By the end of the first episode, I was really hooked in. Because there are a couple, there's, there's a lot of unanswered questions. And it's not one of those where you're 100% sure how it's going to go like there were lots of different directions at the end of episode one where it could go and i thought that was and i beyond that i also cared about how it goes for the main characters which are sheriff 
uh, played by Do- David Oyewo and Rashid. I hope I pronounce that right. I hate doing that. And uh, Rashida Jones, his wife. Um, both brilliant performances from both of those two. And you care about what happens to them, I think. I think you care about the whole thing. And you're trying to figure out what it is. And I'm, this is not a spoiler. Um, but, you know, throughout the first couple of episodes, and in fact, as part of the intro, you know, it's nobody knows who built the silo. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows when. And th- that originally I thought that comes off as kind of hokey. It's just like, okay, there's, there's this obvious mystery. But the more you dig into it or the more that you get into the story, it's like, yeah, that becomes a very legitimate part of the story and, and part of what is trying to be figured out. So, Well, the point is you don't know what's real or not. There's two things. There is a central relationship between the sheriff and his wife, and you don't know what's real or not. And the combination of those two things I think is quite compelling. I hadn't thought about it that way. But, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's it's just – it's a – go try it, folks. But I, I will tell I, you, give it three episodes. Yeah. And I don't think you have to be a sci-fi dystopian-y kind of devotee to those kind of shows to get it because I'm really not that type of person. And I'm intrigued by this, whereas things like Foundation I really didn't get into. Um. You bring up the dystopian thing, and I I have to comment on that because I thought, oh, please, not another one. You know, everything exactly. seems to be diso- so dystopian right now. Completely. And so it's easy to overlook some of these. But this one, yeah, this this definitely grabbed me because I was ready to say, eh, you know, I'll I'll give it a shot. And the first episode made me want to go to number two. Number two made me want to go to number three. Now I'm anxious to get some time to watch number four. Or yeah. maybe five by the time this comes out. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was sort of – I basically couldn't really bother to watch it, and I'm glad I was sort of compelled to watch it because I have got quite into it. So thank you yeah. for making me watch it. It was uh, – <laughs> I, I definitely care about how it ends. So, yeah, it's really good acting, really very – impressively designed sets and all that kind of all that stuff is really well done i think oh my <laughs> yes yeah yes but like the production values and all of that stuff i think is seriously impressive and so yeah it's uh it's on tv plus now what by the time you watch this we might have four episodes out maybe five what are we on four i think i think we're on i think i've got number four in the queue right now so i think there may be five by the time this comes out yeah so there's enough to sort of get into well uh, I definitely compelled to see how it goes and see how they build on it for maybe future episodes. So it's an interesting one. Well, I think we've made it to the end again, Chuck, for another month. Sure. Do you mind if I do a plug? Never. Never. Okay. What else are we here for apart from to plug? <laughs> well, I want to plug a, a movie that's on Apple TV Plus that I don't think has gotten nearly enough attention. Oh, share. Sharper. Okay. I... Tell me more. I I don't know how to tell you more because I'm afraid it will turn into a spoiler. So the only thing I can tell you is that it has twists and turns that I I didn't see coming. Maybe you'll look at it and say, well, that's just obvious. But I didn't think so. Um, And it's so well done. And it's one of those where you're never quite believing, seeing what you're believing. And that becomes evident, you know, in the first 20 to 
probably 20 to 40 minutes. So, uh, John Lithgow is the, is the only name I can pull out of my head right now in it. Mm-hmm. But this is, yeah, it is well worth your time. I, if, if I forced you to watch Silo, I need to force you to watch Sharper. I, th- okay. I think you'll really like it. Well, maybe that'll be one to discuss next month. While we're plugging, remind people where they can keep up with you. Sure. Uh, macvoices.com is where, uh, I talk to a lot of people like Charlotte that are interesting and involved in tech. Um, we do Mac Voices Live Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is where you are at youtube.com slash TV. And would love to have you join us in the chat room. You can always find me on the socials as at Chuck Joyner or at Mac Voices. And you can find me back here on TV Plus Talk with Charlotte on both of our feeds. Yep. A reminder, this goes about both out on the edition feed, which – I'll tell you about it in a minute and the Mac Voices feed because yes, I run the blog, newsletter, podcast. The edition covers the crossover between tech and media. Um, it's at theedition.net. And if you go to newsletter.theedition.net, you can directly subscribe to the newsletter. And I hope you do. Actually, I'm going to plug that is, it's now an award shortlisted newsletter. Don't you mind, Chuck? Really? Yes. I, did, I, did I miss this somehow? Yes, no, I'm very thrilled. I'm on a shortlist for the best solo newsletter at the Publisher Newsletter Awards, the inaugural Publisher Newsletter Awards. So I hope you'll join me and see if you agree that this is a decent newsletter. Um, podcast, the edition is wherever you normally get your podcasts. Um, and I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on the social, so I hope you'll join me there. And we will see you next time for TV Plus Talk. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.